Ooh, what's up everyone and welcome back to the star wars season here on cinematic reviews you can find this season and my marvel season on anchor spotify and apple Podcasts. today i give my thoughts on the beloved originals a new hope empire strikes back and return of the jedi to get things started let's talk a new hope Star Wars, or the now renamed A New Hope, was released on May 25, 1977, and was directed by George Lucas. It grossed around $775 million worldwide off of a $11 million budget. It was the first movie to make over $300 million domestically, and the first movie to cross the $500 million mark worldwide during its initial release. It sold an estimated 178 million tickets over its various theatrical runs. This would equate to about $1.48 billion at 2015 ticket prices. Lucas was so sure it would flop that he decided to vacation in Hawaii with longtime friend Steven Spielberg instead of attending the premiere. In early drafts of the script, R2-D2 spoke standard English and had a not-so-kid-friendly vocabulary. The lightsaber sound effect was a combination of feedback generated by passing a, a stripped microphone cable by a TV and the hum and idle 35mm movie projector. Lucas generally only had two phrases that he would say as his direction, faster or more intense. Harrison Ford and Mark Hamill generally would only behave professionally when Sir Alec Guinness was on set. Harrison didn't learn his lines for the cell block intercom conversation in order for it to sound more spontaneous. No stunt doubles were used when Luke and Leia swinged to safety. Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher did it in just one take. Hamill held his breath for so long during the trash compactor scene that he broke a blood vessel in his face. If you watch carefully, the scenes that were filmed afterwards are from only one of his sides. Luke's line, I can't see a thing in this helmet, was not scripted. Hamill told this to Harrison when he thought the cameras had stopped rolling. Lastly, Obi-Wan never says, may the force be with you. He always says a close variation of it. So the movie opens up minutes from where Rogue One left off. Leia and the Rebels have the stolen Death Star plans, but are intercepted by Darth Vader's Star Destroyer. I love the intensity of this opening scene with the Rebels having their blasters aimed at the door. The doors open up, and out come stormtroopers who kill all the Rebels in the hallway. Vader slowly walks in, all menacing-like, and looks around at the dead Rebels. Vader was always my favorite as a kid, and I love watching this scene. Before Leia is captured, she hides the plans inside R2-D2. He and C-3PO flee inside an escape pod that takes them to the planet of Tatooine. Down on Tatooine, the two droids are captured by these little Jawa bastards who sell them to Owen Lars and his nephew Luke Skywalker. While cleaning up R2, uh, Luke discovers a holographic message that Leia left with plants. This is the iconic message that everyone grew up with. Help me Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope. My R2 themed Xbox 360 actually has this written inside the disk drive. It's pretty cool looking. R2 goes missing, so Luke goes out to look for him, but he runs into some trouble. He's attacked by Tusken Raiders, or Sand People, as some call them. Luke is rescued by none other than Ben Kenobi. He reveals to Luke that he is the Obi-Wan Kenobi and Leia's message. Obi-Wan tells Luke of his days as a Jedi Knight, as well as Luke's father's. He learns that Vader was Obi-Wan's apprentice, and that Vader was the one that killed his father. He also goes into what the Force is and what happened to the Jedi. Obi-Wan then gives Luke his, uh, his father's lightsaber, and it's an awesome moment. Seeing a lightsaber for the first time as a kid was so mesmerizing. I love how Obi-Wan describes a lightsaber to Luke. Not as clumsy or random as a blaster, an elegant weapon for a more civilized age. R2 plays the whole message for Obi-Wan, who then requests Luke to join him to Alderaan. 
Luke at first declines, but is forced to accept Obi-Wan's offer when he discovers that Uncle Owen and Aunt Brute were killed by stormtroopers. They travel to Mos Eisley in search of transport to Alderaan. Luke gets into some trouble at a cantina, which forces Obi-Wan to act and cut off someone's arm in front of everyone. Luke and Obi-Wan then hire a smuggler named Han Solo and his Wookiee co-pilot Chewbacca to take them to Alderaan. After their price is settled, Han is confronted by a bounty hunter named Greedo, and this is where we get the famous Did Han Shoot First scene. After watching it a couple times, it honestly looks like Greedo shot first. Han was just able to move his head quick enough and kill Greedo. But it happens so fast that it is possible that Han did shoot first. I'll let you guys be the judge of it. When Han makes his way to the hangar, he is then confronted by Jabba the Hutt. Now, I hate what Lucas did with these versions of the movies. The CGI he added in was so terrible. I grew up on the VHS versions, so those will always be close to my heart. I understand that Lucas has every right to change it because they're his movies, but I hate it. It would be different if the CGI was good, but it's just not. Just like I said back in my Scream 5 review, don't fuck with the original. While Luke and the gang are on their way to Alderaan, we jump to Leia being interrogated on the Death Star. General Moff Targan shows the power of the space station to Leia by destroying Alderaan right in front of her. This blew my mind as a kid. It destroyed an entire planet with one shot. The Millennium Falcon arrives to find that Alderaan was destroyed, and they eventually get trapped in the Death Star's tractor beam. They manage to evade capture by hiding in the floor of the Falcon. Obi-Wan splits off from the group to shut down the tractor beam, while Luke persuades Han and Chewie to save Leia. Luke and Han, dressed as stormtroopers, take Chewie to the cell blocks as their prisoner. Having the hero go undercover as the enemy is done in a lot of movies today, but this was probably the first movie I saw when this happened. After battling a bunch of stormtroopers, they rescue Leia and are forced to escape down to the trash compactor. This is another iconic scene in not just the Star Wars saga, but in movie history. Before the walls start closing in to crush Luke and the gang, Luke is pulled under the water by a gross-looking worm-like creature. I believe it's called a Diagnog, but I couldn't be sure. I probably butchered that name, honestly. It scared the shit out of me anyways, as a kid. After a ton of effort holding back the walls, Luke and the gang are saved by R2. After Obi-Wan disables the tractor beam, he encounters Darth Vader. We get an awesome lightsaber duel between the two. For it being 1977, the duel was actually pretty action-filled with the lightsabers. But the dialogue is what makes the scene so awesome. It's a very iconic exchange of words between Obi-Wan and Vader. We meet again at last. The circle is now complete. When I left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. Only a master of evil, Darth. I love it, especially after seeing the awesome fight they had on Mustafar in Revenge of the Sith. Obi-Wan looks over at Luke and decides to sacrifice himself in order for the group to escape the, escape the Death Star. Obi-Wan's voice is heard in the air, giving us the hint that he is living on within the Force. I hope we get some cool Force ghost action with Liam Neeson's Qui-Gon Jinn in the Obi-Wan series next month. Or even just some voiceover similar to this with them. The Falcon escapes the Death Star and heads to the rebel base of Yavin 4. The Empire tracks them there and begins powering up their super weapon to destroy the moon. The rebels find the weakness within the stolen schematics and scramble their fighters for battle. It's a crazy battle between X-Wings and TIE Fighters. Vader eventually joins in on the carnage and shoots down the rebels' first attempt, exploiting the Death Star's weakness. I never noticed this until this most recent rewatch, but you can clearly see the actor's face underneath the Vader helmet. It was very off-putting to me because I never noticed it before. 
Luke takes it upon himself to destroy it, so he heads into the trench. Vader follows, but is cut off guard by the Millennium Falcon. This is where we get a Han's iconic Yahoo after he takes Vader out of the equation. Luke reads his targeting screen, but Obi-Wan convinces him to use the Force instead. Luke shuts down his computer, which is such a badass move, and he takes the shot. The torpedoes make it into the port, and the Death Star blows up at it at its attempt while it was attempting to fire onto the moon. The movie ends with a grand ceremony honoring Luke and Han, who received medals for their bravery. This always bugged me because Chewie should have gotten a medal as well, right? He was Han's freaking co-pilot. Anyway, the final shot of the movie is very iconic with Luke in his awesome yellow jacket wearing the medal. I always love this movie a lot, and, and I always enjoy rewatching it every single time. This may be my least favorite of the trilogy, but it's still one of my favorites in the entire saga. Sir Alec Guinness is awesome as Obi-Wan, and Vader is menacing as fuck. These were my favorite movies growing up as a kid, and they will always hold a place in my heart. I hate the digitally remastered versions, so I'm glad that I still have the VHS tapes that I grew up with. I hope Disney eventually finds a way to put the original cut of the trilogy on Disney+. Now, let's switch over to Empire Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back was released on June 20th, 1980, and was directed by Irvin Kirshner. He is best known for this, RoboCop 2, and the Sean Connery James Bond film, Never Say Never Again. It grossed between $538 and $549 million worldwide after all of its re-releases. In order to avoid sharing creative rights, Lucas bankrolled the $18 million production himself instead of using a major studio. He recovered his investment within the first three months of its release. The shots where Luke uses his force powers to retrieve his lightsaber were actually shots of Hamill throwing the lightsaber in reverse. Hamill had to bang his head 16 times on the ceiling of Yoda's hut before Kirshner was satisfied. Aside from being sucked out of a window on Cloud City, Hamill did all of his own stunts. Frank Oz brought in Miss Piggy to make Hamill laugh during difficult scenes. Freezing Han Solo and Carbonite was due to the fact that they were not sure if Harrison would be back for a third movie. Harrison originally wanted Han to die because he did not want to play the character again. The sound of Darth Vader's meditation chamber opening up was a recording of a whole block of Alcatraz cell door slamming shut. The blizzard in the Hoth scenes was actually a real blizzard. No effects were used. Hamill broke his thumb during the scene in which Luke climbs out of the snow speeder to avoid being crushed by the Imperial Walker. Han using his mounts and entrails to keep Luke warm is actually a Native American trick. Boba Fett is never referred to by name in this movie. He is always referred to as the Bounty Hunter. A deleted scene in the Blu-ray set includes Leia saying his name when tending to Luke's wounds. The sound of Vader's helmet being lowered onto his body was the sound of somebody putting their hand over a vacuum while it's sucking in dust. Lastly, the movie's most famous line is often misquoted. Many believe that Darth Vader says, Luke, I am your father, when in fact he actually says, no, I am your father. So it's three years after the destruction of the Death Star, and Darth Vader is dispatching probes across the galaxy in search of the Rebel Alliance. One probe locates the base on the icy planet of Hoth. While investigating the probe, Luke Skywalker is captured by a Wampa. He escapes by using the Force to retrieve his lightsaber and cuts the Wampa's arm off. It was, an, it was awesome seeing Luke use his powers for the first time. While traveling through the dangerous snow of Hoth, the Force ghost of Obi-Wan Kenobi appears to Luke before he succumbs to hyperthermia. Obi-Wan in, instructs Luke to find Yoda on Dagobah in order to be trained as a Jedi Knight. Han Solo locates Luke and stuffs him inside the Tauntaun to keep Luke warm until morning. This scene is crazy, 
but I love the shot of Han using Luke's lightsaber. The Empire launches full-scale attack uh, AT-AT walkers, and they look badass as hell. We get an awesome battle between the walker and Luke in a snowspeeder. We also get the iconic toe cable scene where Luke takes down a walker by wrapping up the legs of the walker with the toe cable. He shot. He uh, he was shot down and forced to escape the snowspeeder before being crushed. This is where the fact that came in that uh, Mark Hamill got injured. He grapples his way up underneath the new the next walker and destroyed it by tossing a thermal detonator inside the hole he created with his lightsaber. I love the look of Luke with his blue lightsaber while wearing the orange flight suit. Luke and the gang are then forced to flee Hoth after the remaining walkers captured the rebel base. Han, Chewie, Leia, and C-3PO escape in the Millennium Falcon while Luke plots a course for Dagobah. Han and the group suffer from hyperdrive malfunctions and are forced to hide in an asteroid field. They hide inside what they thought was an asteroid, I should say, but, turn, but it turns out to actually be a worm-like creature living inside that asteroid. This was an awesome reveal, and I was shocked as a kid watching it for the first time. Vader hires bounty hunters, including the famous Boba Fett, to locate the Falcon. Han and the gang evade the Imperial fleet and head to the cloud city of Bespin. Boba Fett tracks them there and summons Vader, who forces Lando Calrissian to surrender our heroes to the Empire in order to set up a trap for Luke. Meanwhile, Luke makes his way to Dagobah with R2 and his X-Wing fighter. He lands onto the planet and meets Jedi Master Yoda. Yoda doesn't reveal himself to Luke right away, which I think was a great idea because we get a fun scene of Yoda acting like a goofball. After Yoda reveals himself, he decides to train Luke in the ways of the light side of the Force and to resist the dark side. We get a short montage of Luke failing to control his anger and impulses. This is where we get another iconic scene of Luke confronting Darth Vader, but turns out to be Luke himself once he cuts his head off. This shows Luke his future if he continues down the same path. We'll be, he'll be consumed by the dark side, just like Vader was. I love this scene a lot and because it, it was done really well and a bit scary when I was a kid, to be completely honest. Luke fails to comprehend the power of the Force until he sees Yoda pull Luke's X-Wing out of the swamp by using the Force. Luke then experiences a premonition of Han and Leia in pain. Luke ignores Yoda and uh, Obi-Wan's warnings of not finishing his training before confronting Vader. Luke promises to return and heads to Bespin to save his friends. As Luke flies away, Obi-Wan believes that Luke is their last hope. But Yoda reminds him that there is another. This whole Dagobah section of the movie is great, and I love the set design of it. It was fun to see Yoda and Luke's back during that whole cardio running training montage through the swamp. On Bespin, Lando turns on Han and the gang. We get this great scene of Vader inviting our heroes to a meal. I love that Han's first instinct as soon as he sees Vader is to shoot him with his blaster. But Vader, using the Force, blocks the blast with his hand, which is always crazy to see to me. Vader then takes our heroes to a factory-looking part of Bespin, where he plans to freeze Han in Carbonite. This is where we get probably the most quoted line in the saga, aside from May the Force be with you. Leia says I love you to Han, and he responds in the only way Han could. I know. Han is then frozen in Carbonite and given to Boba Fett. Vader alters his deal with Lando and orders him to put Leia and Chewie on his ship. Lando is pissed, and we get another iconic line from Vader. I am altering the deal. Pray I don't alter it further. Lando decides to free Leia and Chewie instead. They make their way back to the Falcon in a cool blaster fight with stormtroopers. Luke shows up and confronts Vader. This is a top five moment of Star Wars for me. 
I love this whole fight between Luke and Vader. I love the set design and the choreography with the lightsabers. The fight ends with Vader cutting Luke's hand off right before the greatest reveal in movie history. Vader reveals to Luke to be uh, that he is his father. Luke at first denies it by crying out no, but later accepts it. Vader offers Luke to be by his side and rule the galaxy. Luke refuses and jumps off the catwalk. He slides down a long air shaft that leads him outside Bespin hanging onto an antenna. Luke uses the Force to connect with Leia and leads her to him. Leia, Lando, and Chewie rescue Luke, and they flee Bespin. TIE Fighters pursue the Falcon, but they manage to evade capture when R2 reactivates the Falcon's hyperdrive. The movie ends with Luke getting a robotic replacement hand, and it's a really cool technology. It looks like the real deal, honestly. He, Leia, and our two favorite droids watch as Lando and Chewie set out to find Han and the Falcon. This is easily one of my favorite Star Wars movies. I love all the set designs from Hoth to Dagobah to Bespin. My favorite would be the factory look and set piece where Luke fights Vader. Most of the iconic Star Wars lines come from this movie, with the biggest one being I Am Your Father. That has been misquoted for decades. I really love the dark tone of this movie as well. The audience gets the constant feeling of doubt for the heroes. It's an uphill battle through the entire movie, and it's really well written. Now, let's end the trilogy with Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi was released on May 25th, 1983, and was directed by Richard Marquand. It grossed $475 million worldwide. It took six people to work the full-size animatronic at Jabba the Hutt. The Emperor's chair was mechanized, but it never worked properly, forcing Ian McDermott to make it move by shuffling his feet. Fake scripts were distributed to some cast members that were considered likely to leak information. Some of the fake stories did in fact get leaked. The point of view shots for the speeder bike sequence was achieved by having a camera operator walk through the forest at normal speed with a steady cam. The footage was then played back at 24 frames per second. This gave the appearance of flying through the forest at high speeds. Admiral Akbar's famous line, it's a trap, was originally, it's a trick. It was changed in post-production after a negative test screening. I think they made the right call on that one. This was originally titled Revenge of the Jedi, but producers thought the Jedi wouldn't seek revenge. Yoda was originally not in the script, but Lucas felt it best for Yoda to be the one to confirm that Vader was Luke's father. The growls and sounds of the Rancor were actually made by a dachshund. The second Death Star was approximately 460% larger than the first one. The word Ewok is never said in the movie, nor are the in individual Ewoks referred to by their names. The radiating shafts making up the floor of the Death Star's reactor were actually 1,500 fishing rods. Many ideas from the original script were changed or left out, such as the Ewoks were going to be Wookiees, the Millennium Falcon would have been used in the arrival of Endor, and Obi-Wan Kenobi would have returned to life from the Force. Lastly, this is the only Star Wars movie where Darth Vader doesn't force choke someone. The movie opens up with C-3PO and R2 one year after the events of Empire Strikes Back. They were sent by Luke Skywalker as bargaining chips for Han Solo from Jabba the Hutt. A bounty hunter comes shortly after to collect a bounty on Chewie. We get a brief but intense scene of the bounty hunter threatening to blow up the place with the thermal detonator. The bounty hunter turns out to be none other than Princess Leia. She manages to unfreeze Han from the carbonite, but is captured and enslaved by Jawa. Luke is the next to arrive in an attempt to save his friends. His entrance is pretty badass with some force choking and Jedi mind tricks. He tries to outsmart Jabba, but is dropped through a trap door to face a hungry Rancor. We get another intense scene where Luke fights off the Rancor before killing it by dropping the cage door down on its neck. 
Jabba then sentences Luke, Han, and Chewie to be eaten by the Sarlacc. Now, before I go on, I wouldn't be a huge Star Wars fan if I didn't mention Leia in the metal bikini. And I'll try to do so in the most polite manner possible. Every young boy instantly became a man after seeing the gorgeous Leia in the iconic metal bikini. That image is burned into all their minds, including myself. Carrie Fisher was an amazing woman, and she is greatly missed. So, back to Luke in the game. After retrieving his lightsaber from R2, Luke frees himself in the game. Seeing the green lightsaber for the first is a memory I hold dear to my heart. All we got in the first two Star Wars movies were red and blue lightsabers, so seeing a green one was a nice change and a real shocker. During the chaos of the fighting, Jawa's men, Han accidentally damages Boba Fett's jetpack due to his blindness from the carbonite. This sends Boba flying through the air and into the Sarlacc pit. I wonder if we'll see him again. Well, that is, while that is all happening, Leia manages to strangle Jabba with the help of R2. Luke blows up Jabba's ship while rescuing Leia once again by swinging her to safety. That was a really cool nod to A New Hope, if I have to say so. While his friends rendezvous with the Rebels, Luke returns to Dagobah to finally finish his training with Yoda. When he arrives, he discovers that Yoda is sadly dying, but before Yoda passes, he confirms that Vader is Luke's father. He also reveals that there is another Skywalker. Yoda vanishes and becomes one with the Force. Obi-Wan's Force ghost appears to tell Luke that Leia is the other Skywalker. But not just any Skywalker. Leia is Luke's twin sister. Obi-Wan instructs Luke to face Vader once again and defeat the Empire in order to finish his training. I love this whole Dagobah scene and all the Force ghost stuff. Sir Alec Guinness is always awesome as Obi-Wan, and Frank Oz does a phenomenal job as Yoda once again. The Rebels learn that the Empire is building a second Death Star under the supervision of the Emperor. Han leads a strike team that includes Luke, Leia, and Chewie to destroy the shield generator that is located on the Force Moon of Endor. This will all allow the Rebels to destroy the Death Star and the Empire for good. Han and the gang come across stormtroopers, and we get this awesome speeder chase. This is another iconic Star Wars moment, and it's very well choreographed with the chasing ending with... Uh, Luke slicing up the final speeder with his lightsaber. Leia goes missing, and the rest of our heroes encounter a tribe of furry creatures called Ewoks. Before fans had Baby Yoda, they had Ewoks. They're incredibly cute, but kind of creepy when you find out that they actually ate people. Mainly the stormtroopers, as you can see by the collection of helmets they have up in their tree houses. Han, Luke, and Chewie get captured. And prepped to be the main and are prepped to be the main course of the evening in honor of C-3PO, who the Ewoks think is a god. Luke uses his Jedi mind tricks to convince the Ewoks that C-3PO possesses magical abilities and will use them if they don't release our heroes. It is revealed that Leia has been with the Ewoks the whole time. Luke pulls her aside and tells her that she is his sister, Vader is their father, and that he must confront Vader. Luke turns himself in and is brought before Vader. Vader takes Luke to the Emperor, who intends on turning Luke to the dark side. The Emperor also reveals that Luke's friends and the Rebels are walking into a trap. Back on Endor, Han and his team are captured by Imperial forces, but are counterattacked by the Ewoks, which allows the Rebels to infiltrate the shield generator. The Ewoks are clever little bastards using those logs and rocks to take down the Imperial walkers. Meanwhile, Lando and Admiral Akbar lead an assault on the Death Star. They discover that the shield is still active and the Imperial fleet is waiting for them. This is where we get the iconic line, It's a trap, from Admiral, Admiral Akbar. Back on the Death Star, the Emperor orders the super laser to fire on the Rebel fleet. 
He does this in order to attempt to tempt Luke to give into his anger and turn to the dark side. Luke uses his Jedi skills to retrieve his lightsaber to attack the Emperor. But Vader intervenes, and we get another epic duel between Vader and Luke. Vader senses that Luke has a sister and threatens to turn her to the dark side, in which angers Luke. After some intense lightsaber action, Luke defeats Vader by severing his arm. The Emperor urges Luke to kill Vader, but Luke refuses after looking at his hand and Vader's. This is an incredible moment, and Mark Hamill does an excellent job with it. The Emperor tortures, tortures Luke with force lightning and anger. This scene as a kid used to frighten me for Luke's life. I, can, I can't imagine the pain in taking that much lightning. Unwilling to let his son die, Vader betrays the Emperor and throws him down a reactor shaft to his death. Vader, however, took too much uh, lightning in the process. Before dying, Vader requests that Luke removes his mask so that he could look upon his son with his own eyes. It's a touching scene, and I'll always remember seeing it for the first time as a kid. Once Han and his team take out the shield generator, Lando leads the rebel fighters into the Death Star's core. While the rebel fleet takes out the Imperial command ship, Lando and Wedge destroy the Death Star's main reactor and escape before the station explodes. This space battle is always great to watch, and after seeing the Han Solo movie, it's fun to see Lando flying the Falcon again. The movie ends back in Endor, with Leia re revealing to Han that Luke is her, her brother. Luke burns Vader's empty armor and reunites with his friends. As the rebels celebrate, Luke looks over at the Force ghosts of Obi-Wan, Yoda, and Anakin Skywalker. I grew up with the original Vader actor being the Force ghost of Anakin, but I've slowly started to appreciate Hayden Christensen taking over that scene. I'm really excited to see him return as Vader in the Obi-Wan series next month. I love this movie a lot, and I think it's an excellent finale to this trilogy. So far, this is my favorite trilogy within the Star Wars saga, and I'm excited to see if my feelings change after rewatching the sequel trilogy. Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, and Harrison Ford are so good in their iconic roles. John Williams, again, brings us epic music cues that give me goosebumps every time, especially during the lightsaber duel between Luke and Vader. So the end of the episode, let's talk about my ranking of the original trilogy. Empire Strikes Back is my favorite of the trilogy because of his dark tone and big reveal of Vader being Luke's father. As a kid, that was the craziest thing to see in a movie. Return of the Jedi is my second favorite, followed by A New Hope as taking the third spot. Return of the Jedi is an awesome finale of the trilogy, and A New Hope may be the last within the trilogy, but it's one of the best of the saga. Empire takes the number three spot behind Book of Boba Fett and The Mandalorian. Empire was my favorite Star Wars project for the longest time, but Mandalorian and Boba Fett brought something really special to the saga, and I'll get into that more in the coming weeks. Return of the Jedi takes the number five spot behind Rogue One. Rogue One is so well written, and the dark tone is incredibly done. A New Hope takes the sixth spot right behind Return of the Jedi. The originals will always be at the top of my rankings because they started it all, and they each bring something special to the saga. You can find the rest of my Star Wars list and all my other lists on Letterboxd under Cinematic Reviews. Well, that'll do it for this week's episode. Join me next Friday for my thoughts on the Star Wars sequel trilogy. Also, join me every week for new release Monday. This coming Monday, I'll be releasing a double feature with my thoughts on Michael Bay's newest film, Ambulance, starring Jake Gyllenhaal, and the newest installment of the Harry Potter universe, Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. But until then, may the Force be with you always.